You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Sitting opposite me is Pete Weatherburn, the vet, Pete the Vet, as he's better known, with his practice on Old Connor Avenue in Bray, with a number of pet-related issues to discuss, obviously. Uh, very good morning to you, Pete. Thanks good for morning. Good morning. So you were telling me there before we came on air, today is Remember Me Thursday. So it's a, a coalition of pet adoption organisations around the world. Tell me a bit, a bit more about what that is. Yeah, well, basically... Um, a bunch of people in, in in places as far away as Australia, Japan and the States have agreed to make today, Thursday, 24th of September, um, Remember Me Thursday. And they're asking people to use the hashtag um, Light for Pets to share their thoughts and feelings about the importance of pet adoption and to en- encourage other, others to spread the word about the value of pet adoption. I mean, I think the main thing here is that... Um, we know that in Ireland, um, something like eight dogs a day um, were killed every year in Irish dog pounds just because they're not wanted. Eight dogs a day. Um, that's a big improvement. Like back in t- 2005, 45 dogs were killed every day in Ireland, Irish dog pounds. So it's from 45 down to eight is good. And are the same number of dogs being produced or are kind of issues such as uh, neutering dogs becoming more prevalent? Yeah, so, so the way to... I mean, really, that that figure should be much lower than than eight. It should be. I think there's always going to be probably one or two dogs every day, which perhaps because of health issues or very severe behavioural issues, they aren't able to go to homes. And for those individuals, euthanasia, unfortunately, may be the best answer. But um, to get down from eight to one or two is still a long way to go. And certainly, neutering and spaying um, um, pets before they have unwanted puppies is a really important part of it um but as well as that it's about changing people's mindset a little bit so that when when people think about getting a new dog they don't automatically um go onto the internet and start looking for pedigree puppies for sale and instead of that they consider going to a good rescue group like dogs trust or the dspca or the wicklow spca and go and see them and see what pets they have that are looking for homes and you can get the most delightful and lovely lovely dogs and cats and other pets at rescue centers can't you like there's is there a pet perception there that you might necessarily get the prime the animals that you're looking for yes i i i, I think that you have to choose animals very carefully if they're going to be a central part of your life. You can't just go and take any dog that's there. You have to look at a selection of animals and, you know, choose the right one for you. Um, and what's right for one person could well be very wrong for another person. Um, I think there's no doubt that some rescue dogs do have uh, challenging behaviour and that may be why they're, they're in the, the pound in the first place. But they're the minority. Most of the dogs in dog pounds are there for rather random reasons. Um, they just got abandoned through no fault of their own. And I know hundreds of rescue dogs that have made much-loved pets and have really fitted in well with their new families. Um, I think one of the advantages of going to a good rescue group is that they're very skilled at matching um, dogs to owners. Um, they get you to complete a questionnaire about what sort of lifestyle you lead and your home setup and so on. Um, and they'll even visit your home and just have a look around and so on. And then they'll find a pet that actually fits in with your home really well. And so if you do it that way, you know, you're far more likely to have a, a good outcome. Um, I, I noticed a couple of texts coming in talking about the issue of if 
you have multiple pets and one of those pets dies and I'll give the example I suppose my own uh, parents we had two dogs mm-hmm. and uh, our lovely Labrador of, of 15 years passed away a couple of months ago so we mm-hmm. have this collie who we got from a, from a rescue um, a rescue centre and lovely most good natured dog you could ever meet but he's noticeably lonely and missing his pal um, is, is that an issue about deciding when to or if indeed to get a new pet and because it's difficult for the family to go through the trauma of it but the dog themselves or the pet themselves it's important to consider them too is yeah it? how long had your colleague been living with the labrador for uh oh i'd say about four years four years yeah so um animals feel grief just like humans do they've done studies of, of like brain imaging techniques have shown that the parts of the brain that are activated when a pet goes through loss are just the same as the parts of the brain in a human that are activated. So, in other words, the parts of the brain that feel emotions are really very primitive parts of the brain. And what that means is that you don't have to have a big human brain in order order to feel very upset at at, at losing a companion. So, um, pets definitely do feel grief. um, And um, sometimes um, getting another pet is a way of helping them deal with it. It does vary between animals, but I think in general, um, you know, uh, having a companion for a dog works better than having them on their own um, because they, they just, they're social creatures as are humans. Um, there are some dogs that don't like companions. I know some dogs who would hate to share a house with somebody else. Yeah. But if your dog is used to having a companion, um, then I would say it makes sense to find another friend yeah and are they are they likely to accept a new friend if they come into the house or um again it varies but um, there's usually a little bit of a sort of standoff phase but then generally dogs do just make the best of the situation and get get on with themselves (laughs) i think an answer for some people may be to start by fostering a a rescue pet so you know maybe not make long-term commitment straight away maybe say look we'll take this dog for a few weeks um and rescues really appreciate that because they often run out of kenneling space so if they can farm animals out to foster homes it works really well for them too and if during that foster phase you find that a, a dog gets on really well with your your own dog then you 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 can be much more confident about saying yes this is a good long-term arrangement and if there's conflict of some kind well then fine you can look after the dog for a short while and then send it on its way to somebody else again another issue that i think is worth mm. highlighting now that you're in and <clears throat> I know there's been a lot of media attention on it, so it seems like they're more prevalent, but the number of acts of cruelty carried out on pets, there was a high-profile one, there was a man up in court in Dublin for literally murdering his pet mm. while walking through, uh, his dog while walking through a park. There is an instance then in Cork where one was brutally mm. mutilated as well. Mm. Uh, how does that affect you, and why? Like, what do you attribute this to? Well, I think it's always happened and always will happen to some extent. Um, how it affects me personally, I I have a very active Facebook page, um, the Pete the Vet Facebook page, and there's 13-odd thousand people who, 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 who log in there, and we often have discussions about this sort of thing. But one thing I would say is I don't like posting images and details of really cruel incidents. I think the world is a it's it's bad enough hearing the bare bones details of these things without being exposed to the full horror of them. So do you think you're sharing, you're just perpetuating the cycle a little to bit? Some, to some extent, just share, uh, you're, you're perpetuating the, the suffering by making other people go through it as well. But I think what's really important is that the Irish judicial system 
deals with animal cruelty more effectively than it currently does. We have a really good new Animal Health and Welfare Bill um, Act, rather, and that new law means that the penalties are available to punish people properly for carrying out crimes against animals. But there is an issue at the moment in that um, that the law is very new and um, there's a quite a lot of variety in how judges interpret the law and for some instances that have been highlighted recently um, the penalties given to offenders have been ridiculously low you know like a fine of 200 mm -hmm. euros for somebody who abandoned their dog without food or water for, for days on end a fine of 200 euros isn't going to put anybody off so I, um, I would be saying that they should the government should look at this um, I suppose this uh, inadequate response um, and what they should do is they should issue some sort of um, guidelines to judges on the, um, the, 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 the general opinion of the populace is that these sorts of crimes should be punished by these sorts of, of, of um, penalties. But having said that, I know judges in this country highly value their independence and they would be very slow mm -hmm. to accept those guidelines but I know from talking to people on Facebook and, and other places that um, the public out there would really approve of them if they could be put into place Indeed and from discussing with, with many people I, I've come across the same consensus absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well Pete Wedderburn the vet, thank you very much for, for putting that so succinctly um, Pete with his practice in Old Connor Avenue in Bray and thank you very much for coming in to offer us plenty of advice for pet owners here. Thank you